This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, listeners. I'm Allie, and this is Quad Pro Quo. As always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts, Tammy. Hello. Matt. Hello there. And Guido. Hello. We are a film podcast inspired by the quid pro quo scene in Silence of the Lambs. Each month we pick a theme, and each week one of us picks a movie that falls within that theme. And we are in week two of Taylor Swift X's month. Yes. My pick was... Tom Hiddleston and Crimson Peak and this week is Matt's pick but Matt before we get to your pick I just want to say thank you to dissect that film they were very nice and allowed me to guest on their most recent episode about one of my favorite movies and the first movie we ever did for this podcast Return to Oz the queef movie the queefs (laughs) unlike the people on this podcast who all hated it everyone on dissect that film loved Return to Oz and I felt seen yeah maybe maybe we we, saw different movies that's because we have taste and eyeballs and central nervous systems and critical thinking skills loved it so big thank you to them they had a good idea because they were doing they were celebrating the one co-host uh, birthday and she was born in 1985 so they were picking movies that came out in 1985 there are okay. so many other movies okay. that came out in 1985 hold on a second maybe that was the only one no there ooh, there, there were a lot <laughs> oh. well if that's the case if that's the case then we're going because uh, Allie's birthday will be uh, next month and we should do movies that came out when the year she was born oh that's you got a lot to choose from oh I already I have a perfect movie for this it's Ghostbusters well no it's a fun story Footloose it's a fun story um, it's a very meaningful story for me because it was uh, the movie that my dad took my mom to for her first date shut your fucking mouth <laughs> was that it's, 1971 no 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 or? it's no their, their first date was ni- in 1984 they saw this they saw this movie called Angel Ooh. It's this story. We looked it up. And the tagline is student by day, hooker by night. I saw that. Okay. That's and then, porn. And then we looked to see what else was in theaters that same week because we were like, well, maybe there was nothing else in theaters. No, no, no. Terms of endearment, Return of the Jedi. Like all these movies were in theaters and he took Denise to see Angel. He was also probably looking at the runtime. It was it was less Who? than this no 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 he like, didn't. He saw the schoolgirl outfit stand right next to the hooker outfit. And said, hey, that's the same girl. This looks cool. Can you believe Wait, it? The same girl. She leaves two different laughs. Oh she, my she, god! She does two different oh, stuff. Oh, oh. Oh. Matt, speaking of people that wear different outfits, speaking of people that have multiple sides to their personalities, Matt, who have you picked for Taylor Swift X month? Tell uh, us about your ex boyfriend and your movie pick. I was really excited to kind of do this because then I was like, oh shit, Taylor Swift dated Harry Styles. Harry Styles was in a Christopher Nolan movie. I love Christopher Nolan. So I'm going to do a Christopher Nolan movie with Harry Styles in it. Harry Styles is, uh, he was one of those guys, he was in the the boy band um, One Direction, who is now, what, broken up? Are they still around? I don't know. They're not together anymore. Okay. They are never, ever getting back together. Got it. Is that that another song? That's another Taylor Swift song. It is. All right. So first things first, uh, we're going to talk about Taylor and Harry's romance. They supposedly first met backstage at the 2002 Kids Choice Award where Swift and close pal Selena Gomez were spotted dancing and singing along as One Direction performed their hit, What Makes You Beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. Uh-oh. Good song. Good song. Dating rumors started around November 17th, 2012. When Styles paid Swift a visit during the X Factor rehearsals ahead of her performance on the show, they were spotted on a date on December 3rd, 2012, and spotted kissing 1206 at a friend's birthday party. Going on a trip to Park City in December, they had a mishap with a snowmobile. They end December 2012 with a Caribbean vacation. But unfortunately, the fairy tale romance appears to end as soon as 2013 began because Taylor leaves by herself from the Caribbean vacation and it's official that they are done by January 7th, 2013. It must have been like babies then, right? Was, so, was this in yeah, high school? I think, or? He, I think he was like 20, 
God. Nah, 22 he, and he was 18 he, yeah he or was something? eight yeah he was 18 because he was like talking about it like when I was looking this stuff up and also talking to I only talked to Steph I'm sorry Julia I'm sure you're well versed in it as well but Steph is like my go-to Swifty on this songs supposedly about Harry Styles are from the album 1989 including the song style we never go out of style uh is it over now? And out of the woods, which Jeez. which the lyrics in that song references the snowmobile accident. It's also alleged that the One Direction song "Perfect" is about Taylor Swift. Uh, another fun fact: Taylor and Harry fans are called Hailers. Oh God! Oh God! Okay. And again, according to Steph, he is supposedly one of the more liked of her exes. Um, Great. Apparently. Their idyllic vision of him has now soured a little bit. They still like him, but um, with the new re the Taylor's version the Taylor of 1989, versions. that one song "Is It Over Now" is a little bit shittier towards him or something. So he okay. might not have been that great. Steph Steph sent me like a whole dissertation. I just gleaned like a few. Okay, onto Dunkirk. <laughs> awesome. And I also like to say I said at the last episode. These are not episodes to denigrate or put down Taylor. Yeah. We are praising her. We think she's very talented and successful and she can date whoever she wants. She's a single woman. We are just highlighting the exes. Sounds like she's dated Hollywood. I think Harry Styles looks not just that many to be like, honest with you. I think he looks just like Theon Greyjoy. He Reek? does. He does look a little bit like Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. Alfie with you there. Allen. I mean, I I do think Harry Styles is, is much. Cuter, he's but. a he's a prettier version. He's of very that. pretty. He is. He, he is just, a pretty. He is a pretty man. He is. They just look so similar. Well, I mean, he's no Jacob. What's his name from Saltburn? But he's a pretty. Stop man. it, you Jacob Alordi. Jacob Alordi. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Saltburn, tell us about what movie you picked. Damn it. <laughs> Again, my movie came out in 2017. It had an estimated budget of 100 million, a worldwide gross of 530 million, and a Rotten Tomato score of 92%. Wow. Damn. My movie is Dunkirk. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. Which was, again, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. You may know him from just, you know, being amazing at film, but... um. Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy. He's making a big run for all the awards this season because with, with Oppenheimer, my uh, this movie is starring. It's there are a lot of people in this movie because uh, you know it's a very it's an ensemble cast is about the event of the evacuation of Dunkirk in World War Two. Uh, it's starring Finn Whitehead, who's known for this. He did a Black Mirror episode, the one that was like the interactive one, Bandersnatch or whatever it was I called. never watched that one. Uh, he was also in the latest uh, Great Expectations on FX. It was good. Starring Tom Hardy, who you may know from Layer Cake, Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. and Star Trek Nemesis. So we're, 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 we're doing the whole, the bottom of his IMDb profile? If I didn't mention Star Trek Nemesis, Tammy too would yell at me, so I did that. I, I, I got it. <laughs> Uh, it also has Mark, stars Mark Rylance, Academy Award winner uh, for Bridge of Spies, Ready Player One. He was also in The Big Friendly Giant. Barry Kehogan from Banshees of Inisherin, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and Mr. Murder on the Dance Floor himself, Saltburn. Stop. Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> mm, Bathwater. We also have Kenneth Branagh in this movie. Academy Award winner. Academy Kenneth Award winner Kenneth Branagh. With you may know him. I knew him first from Much Ado About Nothing. I watched that in like English class, senior year, with like Denzel and Emma Thompson and Keanu. Uh, he also did Frankenstein, and most famously known for his turn as Doctor Arnold Lovelace in Wild Wild West. Wicked Wicked Wild Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. You know, breaking Emma Thompson's heart. Yeah, but he also did Wild Wild West, so that that cancels it out. 
Of course, if anything, she should She's be a tough apologizing. She should be apologizing to him. He now. does a really good Louisiana accent. Alrighty. <laughs> and also, also starring Quad Pro Quo alum Killian Murphy, who of course we all know him from Twenty Eight Days Later, Red Eye, and Oppenheimer. I love Red Eye. It's a good movie. And, and Peaky Blinders. And the Peaky Fucking Blinders. You don't see his dick in this movie, unfortunately. You don't see Barry Keoghan's dick in it. I don't. Either. You don't, I don't see any dick. To see Great dick in every movie. And uh, again, and, uh, <laughs> and again, um, the reason why I picked this movie, Harry Styles, who is known for this, he was in Don't Worry, Darling, and he was also he was the cameo character at the very end of Eternals. He's the Hey, me, it's me, Blorco character. Is in, that his name, Blorco? No, oh. no. <laughs> But there's there's now like a meme. Isn't Barry Keoghan in that too? Yes, he is. Oh wow! But there's like there's this meme that goes around now where it's like my favorite part of the MCU is you have to sit through like ten minutes of credits for this one little cutscene of this guy going, "Hey, it's me, Blorco," and then cuts to black. Yeah. I I personally really like Terry Styles in the children's movie Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Oh, that's oh, right. That's where right. he wrote all the songs for talent, and talented. Did he go down on Florence Pugh in that movie? He did not, but okay. there was there. It was a lovely, sweet movie. Okay, so going around the room, have you seen it? What were your thoughts about me picking Dunkirk? We'll start with Allie. I had seen it. Feel like we saw it the I saw it the Colonial for one of the Oscar marathons. Yes, um, that was the same year that um, Shape of Water won. Stacked year. Mm-hmm. I was that was the only time I think I ever watched it. I'm not a huge fan of watching people drown. It really upsets me. But I was excited to watch it again. All right, Tammy. I had not seen it. And history isn't my favorite subject in school. So it could go either way for me, um, depending on what the movie is. Define public service. Yeah, I see where your son gets it from. (laughs) History is not a big subject. What is the legislature, Tammy? Oh, my gosh. My (laughs) second grader has like a 40... (laughs) 40 word test on what is it? Like social studies? Civil service. Government terms. Yeah, like government terms, but they're the most ridiculously broad definitions of Problem. these terms. What is a vote? What is a ballot? <laughs> what is, what a is government service? And the definition is literally a service performed by the government. I feel like that's, that's a criminal. That's a Webster's dictionary type of a definition. No, that's though. redundant. No, that's fucking that's the, mean. Is you're what not supposed you're not supposed to use the words uninformative you're bullshit. defining. Yes, I know. In the definition, they do a Jeopardy category sometimes where it's like obvious answers. That would be in there. A service performed by the government. Yeah. What is government service? What is government service? <laughs> I I just not I'm not good at memorizing dates and. And certain series of events, you know that. So, like, history was never, like, a, a subject that I was good at. I mean, funny okay. enough, I, I relatively didn't know that much of, because, you know, the typical Yankee that I am, I, until America really gets involved, You'll I didn't really know. Her. Yeah, I didn't know that much about World War II. I mean, I finally gotten into my, like, every man gets into this sort of phase where you read books about, like, World War II and stuff like that. I now know about it, but prior to when seeing this movie, I was like, because of the helmets they're wearing, is this World War One? They yeah. do look like pith helmets, kind it, of. Yeah, 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 It was my favorite. This is early on into like, World War Two. Part it's 1940. of history I like to learn about. Though, it's before we entered, but it's not early. Yeah. But, um, okay. It's 1940. It's like the year before we got into it, basically. Yeah, so when... Um, before I get started, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, she, she didn't say if she... Oh. Had you seen it before? Oh, Maybe no, I, ha- I okay. hadn't seen it before, no. Okay. Okay, uh, Guido? I, I haven't, I and I love war movies. Um, I really enjoy them. Like, my favorite is uh, Guns Navarone or love A Bridge Guns Too Far or I like uh, Kelly's you- Heroes. Like, I love war movies, but somebody told me this was boring, so I've avoided it until now. Yes. Emperor of the Sun. I forget... Empire, of the, Empire of the Sun. That's yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's more like a like a dude. That that movie always broke me up as a kid and made me cry. All right. Well, buckle up, assholes. No, I'm Jesus. <laughs> All right. You have to do it in a British accent. No, because no. then Tony no. Two will yell at us. Woods warm. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. Metal's cold. All right. Do I look like an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Movie starts because this, again, this is about the evacuation of Dunkirk. Um, the Allies are basically, they got their backs to the wall, literally. Like it's the, the British, the French, and the Dutch. Yeah. 
the Nazis are just running rampant across Germany right now. I mean, across Europe right now. They're being unchecked. I mean, unfortunately, it's the the Allies are losing at this time. And so Churchill, I mean, the Allies, but specifically Churchill, they, they're trying to do a retreat, like an evacuation of their Allied forces because they're like, oh, shit, if we lose all of our troops in Europe... We have nobody to defend England, so mm-hmm. let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, and they they're all they're kind of isolated on this beach. Yeah, they're isolated France, on this in beach France. in this city, Dunkirk. At the time, it was spelled funny, and it was spelled D U N Q U E R Q U E, like it was the French way, Dunkirk. Yeah. Dunkirk. But of course, the English called it Dunkirk. Dunkirk. You know, D-U-N-K-R. It's separated by the channel. Yeah. It's very close to England by the channel. It's literally like 20 miles. They say it like the entire movie. Yeah. In between Dambergel and Cheesebergel. Royale with cheese. (laughs) We. So the movie starts with a group of British soldiers entering the deserted city of Dunkirk. The men are thirsty, desperate, like they're trying to drink from a hose, you know, like boomers are, the generation before boomers like to do. Um, And they're being hunted by Nazis. And they're getting picked off one by like like as soon it, <sighs> can't even I, take a dump when we were yeah when we were when uh, Ali was watching it today and I was just sitting there watching it, I was like say what you will Nolan knows how to do an opening scene he like, knows how to uh, do a lot but that opening scene was just like it, there were like ten of them and then and then all of a sudden just pick, bam, 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 bam 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 and, and then, then one gloriously beautiful chiseled jawline of a British man is all by himself. Yes, that is uh, Tommy, who's played by uh, Fionn or Finn Whitehead. And that guy is a survivor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the drive that he has to live, like he he mm-hmm. he must live, is all he's oh, thinking about this entire tough, movie. Man. But I mean, like this literally, he's the representation of the expeditionary force. Like everybody is experiencing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um. As I was saying, the British government decided to continue the war when their expeditionary force felt lost. Churchill convinced everyone to keep fighting no matter the cost, but the importance of returning at least 200,000 soldiers couldn't be downplayed. That's roughly 75% of the expeditionary force in northern France. I could not believe how many how many soldiers were stranded. On there was that. almost four hundred thousand, like three four hundred thousand, four hundred thousand mm-hmm. men, and just, plus, just under. And those and those were just the British because there were Frenchmen there and Dutch, but also like frogs. But like the French, they were the ones that were being tasked with holding the perimeter from the Nazis while the, the French, the while escaped. the British were yeah. evacuating. Oh, so that's why they were not on the beach. Yeah, they were. And, and they were being pushed away. And they were and, the final stand. Yeah, they had to hold them off. Okay. And then the French got to leave after the British. And then, because uh, then you get to the beach and you see all these soldiers are just lined up. Finn or Tommy is like, he goes to the one line, like, no, mate, grenadiers only. Got to keep going. Yeah. And after firsthand accounts of the, uh, of the evacuation were revealed to Nolan about how young and experienced the soldiers were, he decided to cast young and unknown actors for like all the parts. Yeah. Which you kind of see because Ali mentioned that goof that you see like when the bombers and you see that one soldier when so he's when about the, to run, he's like looking, he's like, he's hey. smiling. Like the, when the, when they're all standing on like the dock and um, the first, the first German planes coming down and they all start to look and the one looks and he's like, I love planes. Huge smile on his face. And it's just like, oh, he didn't get properly trained. <laughs> Everyone else is terrified. He's like, and then, and then, like back, like, like back Forrest to Gump. back to the opening. Like as soon as everybody's getting shot and like picked off, you hear like a ticking, like a tick, like tick, tick, tick. tick yeah, tick, the tick. sound in this movie is a lot building <sighs> tension. I mean, you lose it at certain points, but this that ticking is running the entire movie until Tommy is safe. Yeah, you you. I heard it turn off when he was finally on the on the train in the end but I didn't really hear it the rest of the movie so it must be very very quiet so yeah the time on the beach is tense like everybody's like freaking out you know they're trying they want to get off the beach I mean the Nazis could arrive at any moment and, and literally bomb the beach which they do they bombers come out of nowhere they're just yeah terrifying this storyline about like the infantry and like Tommy and his the other soldiers that we'll meet later is titled Part one, the mole, which is one week, because uh, there are three, there are like literally three storylines that are happening 
from three different perspectives at three different times in this movie. So really, the infantry were on the beach for like a week waiting for all this stuff, <sighs> like trying to get these people off. The sea, and then do they have food? Probably not. Not they're, really. They're, they're provisioned. It's just it, they're struggling to get people out of there. Are you about to explain this? How no. are they provisioned? Are you about to explain why it's no, so no, no, slow no, to go, get them out? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Where are they getting okay, provisions so, from? Well, they have their rations. They have supplies. Their... That's what, okay. So later in the movie, you see them make a, a line of uh, they're, they're military they're make... vehicles, but they're supply vehicles. And as the tide comes in, they turn them into a big pier. That's so where all the supplies are. Yeah. Okay, those are their supply vehicles, and the reason it's so <laughs> slow to get these people out is there's only one fucking pier that has water deep enough to get a ship big enough to get enough people out of there. Mm-hmm. So the beach is crazy, and at the same time, they don't want to complicate things by if they send more than one boat and they sink one of those fucking boats in the channel, or they're, you know, they're fucked. It, they can't get any. Then they more can't boats get any more yeah. boats in. That's true. Thank, yeah, thank you for explaining yeah. that. I wasn't going to cut to that. because uh, The next thing that we see, we cut to a civilian pier in England. Civilian boats are being conscripted in, uh, by the Navy into the rescue mission. And this is called part two, the sea, one day. So like on the last day of the week that was happening, this is when these guys get called in. Like, like multiple storylines. Yeah, the civilians get called in with their boats. They're like, okay, we need your boat. Take all your shit out of it. Fill it up with um, fill life, it up with life, life preservers, and we're taking your boat and we're going to Dunkirk with it. Meanwhile, the characters that we're introduced here to um, were introduced to you know Barry Kehogan. I am really just going to go again. George. Yeah, George. But I'm I'm going to just be going by actors' names. So I'm surprised that boat was able to still move with the weight of his giant dick. What's the uh, what's the difference or uh, the, what's the distance between the UK and and Fran- Dunkirk? It's 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 actually uh, one Barry Kehogan's dick. It's one Barry Kehogan's dick. That's all. Is that that little squirrely fellow? I yeah. want. I, I, I want September to be here and gone. Don't want to talk about Saltburn. Oh God! More. All We're right. not talking about Saltburn. We're just talking about Barry Kehogan. And, and his pee pee and his wiener and and um, Mark Rylance is the he's a dude, he's a walking liability man dad? if he if yeah, he gets Mark, a boner he passes out uh, like there's, there's not like, enough blood in his body there's a father and son on this I love boat the, the father son. and Barry Kehogan plays their friend the son's friend who's just like I'm going with you because Mark Rylance is like you use him as a flotation device Mark right <laughs> he's gonna swing his dick over the side. <laughs> Soldiers are gonna like hang on to it. That's He's the gonna cleat. Pull them back. That's the cleat they tie off to. Mark, Mark. <laughs> hey, remember we're the disgusting ones that talk about dicks Sorry. and periods and all, all right, that. You're all right, time. you're right, right, you're right. <laughs> um, Rylance gets the idea. He's like, Nah, fuck that. This is my boat. I'm the captain of the ship. If anybody's taking this thing to Dunkirk, it's me. And he takes off after they load up all the life jackets and everything. The son's with him, and the friend jumps on the boat, and they're off to Dunkirk. Uh, Rylance's character is actually based, is closely based on, I mean, I know these are actual events, but these aren't technically real people. In this they didn't movie. read memoirs for this? I mean, he did. Not everyone is based off a real person. Yeah. Rylance's character is closely based on Charles Lightoller, who is the second officer of the of the Titanic and took his yacht sundowner to Dunkirk at the age of 66. He refused to let the Navy take his boat. If anyone takes her, it'll be me. Takes one of his sons with him. The, the guy also lost a son in the war already or like the movie. He packs the boat so full that they're amazed with how many people he brought back. He does say that in the end. He's like, damn, mm-hmm. how many of you got on here? It's 19 miles, guys. Yeah, it's it's not 19 far. miles. And honestly, so you could like, swim that. People you could. Do. People have. If you people didn't have. have. I mean, and yeah, given they don't have fucking boots on, but you could do it. And then, the channel is rough. Take your boots You off. can see it in the movie how yeah. rough it is. Like, it's not an easy ride. The, the uh, tides are drastic. So great. I kept saying it during when we were watching. I was like, this beach... It must be a half a mile to get to the water from like the actual like it's so when it's when it's wide, low tide when yeah. it's low tide oh my god it, it appears to be eight to twelve feet it's you know? crazy so then it uh, we immediately then cut to the third part of the story which is aptly titled 
part three, the air, one hour. So this is like the final hour of the whole evacuation. And we're introduced to Tom Hardy. Yum. Who, his character is named Farrier. They're to provide air support for the evacuation. They're going to be getting in like dog fights with, uh, with the German, well, with the Nazis. I'm sorry. I'm just going to, they're Nazis. They're, they're fucking Nazis. Nazis. And the Wehrmacht. The radio commander, like there are three, there are three Spitfires going over there. You see Tom Hardy, you see the other guy, I forget his name, and you only hear the voice of the guy leading them, who's called Fortis Leader, and that's narr- I mean, that's voiced by none other than Sir Michael Caine. I said this is a prequel to Jaws 4, because in Jaws 4, he also flies a plane. So he obviously retired from the British Royal Air Force, retired to the Bahamas, and flies a plane, and has a great perm. But he... <laughs> no one can say otherwise. We kind of can, because he did die in this movie. And then he becomes a dirty, rotten scoundrel? Who Absolutely. Who dies in this movie? Michael Caine's care his plane is the first to get shot down. And he... You, you don't, never see You don't you see him. You just hear his voice. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was HQ. I didn't know that was another uh, no, no, no. fighter. I thought his... it was HQ, too. I did it first, too. But then, you know, like doing my research on this movie and like reading it, it was supposedly Michael Caine's character was the one flying. The well, that changes flight. everything. This whole thing is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and learn about one of the other podcasts that are part of the Deluxe Edition Network. We'll be right back. Are you a fan of all things nerdy? Do you love delving into the latest pop culture trends while also staying updated on the news of the day? Hey there, fellow enthusiasts. Professor Aubrey here, and I'm thrilled to invite you to join us on Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast, where we dive deep into all things geeky, from movies and TV shows to video games and comics. That's right, folks. It's Tim the Nerd, your friendly neighborhood geek, ready to discuss the latest professional wrestling updates alongside our takes on tech innovations in the entertainment industry. But that's not all. We also understand the importance of mental health, and we weave in thoughtful discussions on self-care and mindfulness. So, if you want to geek out while also taking care of your well-being, tune in to Friends Talking Nerdy. Friends Talking Nerdy. Where pop culture meets mindfulness. Listen now on all major podcast platforms. And we're back. Matt, continue with the siege. Yeah. Or the I, evacuation. Yeah. I can't say yay because this is a very somber. Yeah. yeah. How, how are you going to, you know, the whole I know, thing is we heavy. We don't even really get to look at Tom Hardy's face. So it's like, what's the point? He's got a helmet on. Yeah, that's this was a trifecta of movies where um, that they came out his fucking face. in like a period of like three or four years where his face is covered, and he is such a lovely man. You think Very... the darkness is your ally? I mean, Ugh. I do. I like the main kid, Tommy. I think he is striking. Mm-hmm. He's very distinctive. The bone structure, very on British. That, on that kid is phenomenal. Yeah, we just uh, like I said, we just uh, we were talking about the air sequence, and then we cut back. You know, it's a lot of cuts, a lot of jump cuts, back and forth, back and forth, all amongst the three of them. So Whitehead, I mean, uh, Tommy and another soldier he meets on the beach are now trying to jump the line by carrying a wounded soldier. They're this like, was so intense. Everything they is ran, so fucking stressful in this movie. They like, ran so far. Yeah. Carrying this this wounded soldier to get to the pier so they can get him onto the boat. And you, then and You then would be had, surprised how far a guy could uh, go if he, thinking that just, he was going to get off. Yeah, but they were just okay. using him to no, get I onto know. the boat. Yeah. I mean, and also, and yeah, their life is on the line. Of course. But also, get... he was just left there on the beach, so... Well, he, yeah, because the, the medics that were actually carrying him... Oh, they like, got blown up by the bomber. Yeah, they got the blown up by that's the, right, by the right, bomber, right. yeah. Okay. This is where we see the, the a woman for the first time. Because, yeah, they... <laughs> they do exist. They rush down to the dock. He has, he has to run across the one board, you know, the one plank that's still oh there. Oh, my God. And they rush down to uh, jump on the ship last minute with the guy. They put him down. Yes, we do see one of the few women in this movie who were also heroes of the evacuation as nurses helping the soldiers and everything. Do like you that. wish you could you could dress like that as a nurse, Tammy? Those old school British World War II nurses' outfits. I wish um, you could. Now, knowing Guido, it's, he actually would prefer if you dressed like a uh, Civil War nurse with the big puff 
bodices and everything. Yeah, like you that. seem to like that. I think you know any nurse outfit will do. I can tell you that. I Hello, just, um, nurse. I wear a nurse outfit every day, so that's not true. He wants a vintage one. He wants um, with the he wants with the, the white leggings. One. He basically mm-hmm. wants you to look like. Um, Candy shirt. He wants you to look like what's her name in Kill Bill. Yes, like, yeah, Daryl yes, Hannah, Daryl Hannah Bill, with an eye patch and everything. So, so Barry, nursing, yes, nursing's evolved a lot since not for my boner since that time. And he also wants you to dress up like Nurse Ratchet it, if you could put the also, hair. Also, yes, I don't think I would want to wear what they wear in that environment. You no. could wear, you could wear it for forty five minutes. I mean, who wants to wear a white? And then take care of people that are bleeding out. And, it won't be on long. And holding <laughs> holding men and amputating their limbs without any t- type of anesthesia. Yeah, they ugh, go outside and like, piss on their hands to sterilize them. Ugh, it, it was a rough time. And I don't know if I've ever said this, but I'm not the kind of nurse that enjoys emergency room type nursing. Oh, Like okay. I would do it. No, she likes if there mean was old men. Emergency, man. but like you handing me your limb and saying "help me" is not my kind of my kind of. Has job. that happened to you? To me? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe a finger. I've I've watched a toe come not off. Not a finger. But it was a dead toe, so it wasn't really like dead toe, like botched toe, was botched like a, toe, like a diabeto or yeah. Oh it was it was somebody that had like diabetes and it just diabetes. kind of fell off. Diabetes. Does it so. smell like almonds? It smells. It smells like death, necrotic like, tissue, like something a funky cheese never. Or? Like cheese, yeah. That's what they say in Sam and Private Ryan. It's crazy to, like, in your mind, you can remember a smell. You've oh, said well, that smells before. tied to memory. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. It's like nothing you'll ever smell. But yeah, that's nothing um, I ever want to. That's fistula. You know what that is? Oh God! Can you please explain fistula, please, no. real quick? We're getting really off topic. All right, Matt's getting back. If you, you know what? If you slurp like that again, I will tell you what a fistula is. Damn it! I was gonna make a joke about. I'd rather talk about like cum bathwater. No, so. I will. All right. I will so <laughs> anyway, um, we then cut to a net. We're getting into a uh, an intense air fight with the Nazis. Unfortunately, Fortis leader Michael Caine. Is shot down. RSVP Michael Caine. Oh. Quad pro quo alone. Again, Farrier's plane is a spitfire. And those, I'm sorry, I probably kept saying that while we were all watching the movie together at certain points. I'm like, that's an actual spitfire. Like, that is an authentic one from World War II. Christopher Nolan got it from, like, some billionaire who owns, like, five of them. Tom Cruise. I was going to say Richard Branson. (laughs) Oh, probably. Again, we're jumping back and forth. We're also in the uh, in part one, the mole, which is of course the infantry, like the soldiers' viewpoint. We're introduced to Kenneth Branagh, who's like a navy bigwig, and he's the one that is like trying to tell everybody. He's the one that knows the plan. He's like, yeah, go. We can really only try to get thirty to forty thousand men off the beach when there are four hundred thousand men there. So they were just gonna leave all of those men to die. No. Or That's how many themselves? they can get off at one time. That's one time or the entire per evacuation? Boat. Yeah, per boat. Per they're boat. At, at Oh, and they're only yeah. doing one boat at a time. Yeah, because okay. they can't do more than one because of, as Guido nicely explained about the pier and the water and, and resources. If they sink one ship there, they are all dead. They okay. cannot get out. It seems like a lot of boats sink in this movie. Were, but they're not at the pier. Oh, oh, yeah, only one. And they actually, the one that they were just on gets sunk. But they were able to push that away mm-hmm. from the dock. This is a horrifying. So they're stuck. Um, we're also, now we're introduced to uh, another part of the cast, a big, well, I mean, an important part of the cast. We're introduced to Killian Murphy, who was a, uh, sh- he was on a shipwreck. He was on a wreck of a boat out in the channel that, you know, Rylance and crew happen upon, and he's just fucking sitting there, and he's just freaked out. Because, I mean, he's shell-shocked, obviously. He racks up yeah. a huge body count in this movie, let me tell you. Ab- I mean, understandably so. Mm-hmm. He's incredibly PTSD'd. Mm-hmm. And he's angry that he has to go back to gut- Dunkirk. Well, you know what? His options are to sit on that fucking boat propeller, get into the boat, or swim home. So, so like, he, he's, he's, sitting, he's sitting there thinking that just some random boat came across him, and he's like, oh, okay, they got a British flag. I'm going back home. And then he finds out. He's like, wait, what? What? We're going back? 
Yeah, because huh. they've all been called out there mm-hmm. to go get their boys. This movie for me is just you know like white knuckle the whole time, like from from the start. You like you're just oh god, like you're basically are put in the seat of these brave souls on the beach of Dunkirk. Like oh my god, are we gonna get the fuck out of here? Oh, is there a fucking like? I can't. I yeah, can barely watch it. The amount of tension in between each scene. I and think, it cuts back to each storyline. I feel like I just remember when we saw it in the theater. I think by the time that they're on like the third boat and that boat starts to sink, I'm like, just drown at this point. Like, I, this is a third boat you've gotten on that is now at the bottom of the channel. At this point, I feel like you're Fourth the one. Fourth one's the charm. You're the one that's causing it. Oh like, you are the bad. I, I, I could not handle one more person drowning and having but to watch it. It was awful. Weren't you just impressed by his strategy? Like... I'm not gonna go down into the boat and get food because oh, yeah, I could get trapped was, in there. Yeah, that was that was the buddy, the new yeah, guy. The yeah, I would front. hope after the third boat you've been on, Tom, like, Tommy went down into the boat because before that we're finally introduced to the Swifty X that made me pick this movie, Harry, because that one the first medical boat does get scuttled off the oh, pier. Yeah. Is his and, name Harry in this movie too? No, oh. his name is his name is Alex in this movie. Oh. What's tell say what Killian Murphy's name is? Shivering uh, soldier. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. He doesn't he's have just, a name. He's just shivering soldier in the credits. Oh. Yeah, and he has lines, which mm-hmm. is mm. hey. Yeah, but if they never say your name, I mean, then he you're irrelevant. I mean, he doesn't being care. A woman in he's movies. he's working with his boy Chris. And no, I, yeah. And now and then he kept him, and that he was the main guy in Nolan's next big movie. So oh yeah, because he's Oppenheimer now. I just thought that was that was that was yeah. Cool. Was I didn't realize that. That's funny. Shivering soldier, the SS. Oh <laughs> shit, wrong oh, side. Wrong one. <laughs> so um, they save Harry Styles and. Because they then jump into the water to look like they jumped off the boat. They're going to try. They're like, oh, don't worry, soldiers. We're going to get you onto the next boat. They get onto the next boat. We see more women. This movie does not pass the Bechtel test. It does. More women. Not pass the Bechtel. They were giving out tea also. They were giving out tea. They were not nursing. They're giving out tea and toast. And toast with jam. There's only one Nolan movie that passes the Bechtel test. Or marzipan. Can you remind me what this test is, please? The Bechtel test is a test to basically show how movies have representation of women. So it's the easiest test to pass. You have to have two women who speak to each other about something other than a man. And they have to have names. They have to have names? Yes. Hmm, It's It's really not that hard. It's tough in a movie with shivering soldiers in it. Yeah. Yeah, some of the men don't even have names. But Christopher Nolan has only ever made one movie that's passed the Bechdel test. Okay. And that is Dark Knight Rises. I feel like it shouldn't be difficult to pass. It's not. Uh, The Irishman passed because those two wives talk about going to dinner. It's one line. Where are we going to go to dinner? I don't know. That passed it. Love it. One line in a three and a half hour movie. That's realism. Two women speak to each other. Well, usually they don't. Not, not in real life. I'm starting to think I need to watch Insomnia again because there was more than one. There There's was, Maura Tierney and Hilary Swank are never on screen together at the same time. They aren't. Okay. What about um, Inception? What? No, no, no. Because Boom. when when uh, Maria Cotillard and well and Paige and also we can and, talk about uh, how Elliot Page is not a woman, but they never speak to each other. No, they speak to each other, but about Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly, that's what I was about so to say. They're talking, they're about, talking a about a man. They have to be so. talking about something other than man. In that movie, what's that movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and American Hustle? It passes based off one line where she talks to another woman about nail polish. One line. That really? Yes. Because Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence only speak to each other about Christian Bale. They're what only- about what about the the wife of the mayor? That's the line. About the nails. About the nails. She literally, she's like, I love your nails. Oh, I know, this polish. Yeah. The politics or the mayor. They're always talking about men. Is that yeah. What it is? So there's one line where they talk about her nail polish and that's it. So Killian Murphy is a shivering soldier, I mean. Shivering soldier. He's he's finally realizing that he's like, where are we going? And Mark Rylance is like, we're going to Dunkirk. And I love this part where he's like, men my age... Um, decided this war. Decided this war. Why shouldn't we take part of it? We can send, send our, our sons to it, and send but we our can't children fight. to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a beautiful line. He's a great. In part. my opinion, the best part of this movie. I oh, he's so good in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. He's my favorite part. The the, the ship 
the ocean part is like my favorite part. Like the sea, sea. part, I mean, is my favorite part. I was thinking it was. And the sun. Him we, and the sun yeah. relationship. When we were, because I watched it literally right before you guys came over tonight. I'm not British, but it's weird to not feel patriotic. But like when you see all those boats, it's just like. It jerks at your tears. It, it, it pulls It's tugging at you. at you. It's hard not to be like, go Britain. We're not British. (laughs) Well, we could also just at least, you know, join in unison being like, fuck the Nazis. Yes. They're our allies. Oh, God damn it. It's just a lot of feelings, Guido. I'm really, I'm I'm, I'm interested to hear your vote at the end of this episode because the feelings are rampant in this movie. There's a bunch of them. Lots of feelings. So Shivering Soldier is freaking out about about going back to Dunkirk. Shivering Soldier. And... uh, (laughs) That might be the title of the episode. <laughs> the father, you know, Rylance tries to calm him down. He's like, why don't you go down there? Have another cup of tea. We'll talk. We'll plot our course. Come inside. Have a cup of tea. And the son foolishly locks him in the room. Yeah, not great for someone who... Was just shell-shocked on a sinking ship with the yeah. door shut. Not, yeah. We're back up in the air. Another... The dogfight is still happening. And unfortunately, uh, Tom Hardy's wingman, his, uh, his goose, goes down. And he's, he's running so out pretty. of gas. Yes, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy is, Tom Hardy yeah. is running out of gas because in the first fight, somehow something happened that caused his fuel gauge to break. It was a bullet. Yeah. So he's doing uh, math and writing it with a piece of chalk. I, I my plane would have gone down real fast because I'm terrible at math. Thought to be safe and on their way, Tommy and Alex, who is Harry Styles, they're sitting there. They're eating toast. Their other buddy is sitting up on the dock. Unfortunately, it gets scuttled by a U-boat. Because a U-boat was there. Of yep. course it was. Torpedo. And another tense escape scene happens. The unnamed guy saves their lives. The unnamed soldier saves their lives by opening the door that oh, he was standing next to. But crazy. we still see we still see a bunch of men drowning. Is this the scene where the men are covered in oil? No, or is no that that's a little bit. That's the next okay. sinking. That's the next sinking that's boat. That's the yeah. next boat oh. sinking. But that's also terrifying. Like then, you're not only yeah. you're covered in a flammable substance. Shivering soldier finds out that uh, he's locked in the room. He's freaking out. They open the door. A big fight happens, and there's a murder on the boat floor. There's a murder on the boat floor, but you better not kill oh. the waves. What is that? DJ. <gasps> they didn't. We, we referenced Saltburn, but we looped around your thing. So you can't talk about the thing. Yeah. We didn't make a noise. Yeah. Is that a song in that movie? Yes. It's the murder on the deck. He did it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Don't no, punish me. No, no, she didn't do it. It's the song he dances to at the end of Saltburn. Murder on the dance floor. But you better not kill the groove. You know, when you see his. You just said it. No, I didn't. Penis. When he's dancing. Without clothes on. He's dancing like nobody's watching. I, oh, I he's not wearing pants. I officially shit-faced by this time. I cannot uh, remember all of this nonsense. Do you think when he got hurt, that it, was, it wasn't really killing him or that hit him? It was he fell and then his giant like wiener hit him in the head. It was a meat cudgel <laughs> and he hit himself. Just think, his head hit his head is what you're saying. Just think if you're he... You're making fun of him dying. That's just, not nice. Hey, he got, just, just think if he got a... His big giant horse cock hit him in the head. If he had a boner, there wouldn't have been any blood in his head. No, all would have rushed to the boner. They actually... His dead body, they actually flipped him over so he could plug the hole in the boat. Yes. <laughs> We are just denigrating this incredibly talented actor. Incredibly talented actor. But you know what? He brought it on himself. He's the one that felt the need to show it to everybody. And then dance around his... I see. So we're talking about it again. Back on the, the noise. Back on the beach. <laughs> back meant- on the beach. We now see desperate men because you know they they see they keep seeing boats getting blown up. They keep seeing bombers. They're deciding they're going to try and row across the oh, channel. God. There's one guy that basically is like. Like Guido said, he's like, fuck it. I'm going to try and swim. But presumably, he's going out there to kill That himself. guy died. Yeah. I think I don't think it was a he didn't swim. Take his I boots think off. it was, I'm just done. Yeah. Oh, the guy in the on the beach? The one who just walks into yeah, the waves? He yeah. He was killing himself. He was, he was dying. Sure. Yeah. Alex and Tommy, an unnamed soldier, they see another group. They're like, we're going over here. Where are you going? Oh, there's that boat that's just sitting over there. We're going to sit in it. Until the tide comes back, and then it's going to float out. This was fucking insanity in this movie. This was a problem that I think no other like movies like this ever include: high tide, low tide. 
I ne- you never see anything included about high tide, low tide as that being is, yeah, a problem. No, that is true. And like they took advantage of this Grumpy old boat man. where they're like getting in this boat during low tide and they're like, oh, we're going to be safe. Nope. And then I, I, nope. I liked I liked that one part that was, ha- that was happening where, yeah, uh, Kenneth Brown, I was like, yeah, we'll see you in six hours when that happens. And the other guy's like, I thought it was every three hours. And he's like, that's well. Then you better thank God. That's why I'm Navy and you're Army. Yeah. And then the Army guys that are getting into the boat, into the scuttled boat, they're like, "Oh shit, yeah, um, high tide will be here in three hours. So we're good, guys. We're just gonna sit." Yeah. Like, and Can I have to say I love a naval turtleneck sweater? Kenneth Branagh looks pretty good. Tom Hardy is also wearing one, and it's just I just I feel like that's what the American Navy is missing is a nice uh, turtleneck sweater. They have them with their pea coats. Oh, I love it. So I'm just saying. And there's then while they're sitting there in while they're sitting in this boat, there's some crazy like they're freaking out because they hear noises on the top of the boat. Apparently, it was the captain of the boat who's a Dutch seaman huh. and <laughs> seaman <laughs> and. Uh, He's like, high tide is going to come. It's not going to come for another few hours. And like, well, shit, what's that? And as they're doing this, Germans start shooting the boat. Target practice. Yeah. Look at the grouping. They're like, look at the grouping. It's target practice. Only Imperial stormtroopers are this precise. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nerd. Go outside. (laughs) Go touch. I can't touch grass. There's snow. It's really cold (laughs) out. And uh, there's another, t- like, they're like, oh, shit, they keep shooting it off. And they're like, well, we got to do something. We got to do something. And then they're saying, well, the water's coming in, but the boat's too heavy. We got too many people in here. And this is where Harry is not in a good light, almost as bad as the 1989 re-release of Is It Over Now, you know, brought into a new light that he wasn't as great as the Swifties thought he was. He's kind of a dick in this. This is the only part of the movie I I only have an issue with. Because like we, somebody's got to get off the boat. Somebody's got to get off the boat. And Harry's like, I know somebody, and he points at unnamed soldier, the guy that fucking saved his life twice already. Also, like, these one hundred and ten pounds soaking wet twinks are not going to affect the weight. No, of this the boat. water yeah, is one, up to their tits. Yeah, okay, person. it's it's like eight. Pounds well, then per the, gallon. The one, the one guy does say, well, you better hope it does, because if it doesn't, your ass is going next. And he's yeah. Putting Tommy. And, but they're sitting there, and they're like, this guy hasn't talked the entire time. He's a fucking German spy. And I bet you he doesn't speak English. And I bet you if he does, it's with an accent thicker than sauerkraut sauce. And then he says, omelette du fromage. He's like, no. Sauerkraut fr- sandwich. He's like, Français. He's Je- French. J'aime français, you know, I'm French. Je suis français. Je suis français. That's probably why he wasn't talking. Exactly. he wasn't supposed to be there. But no. it was, it he was. He's not. He speak English. And then, yeah, they're being like super shitty about it. You fucking lying, cutting frog. He's like, come on. He's just trying to get out of here. Like Tommy's trying Everyone's to be the voice of reason. Everyone's fucking scared. Everybody's scared. That guy God. was fucking shitting bricks. And he was trying to prove his his worth to stay. He was I'm helping sure. them, and he was helping them. He, he yeah, opened he up them. the door he, yeah, so they could get out. He literally out. saved them twice. God, yes. Yeah. I mean, Harry yeah. Styles by either by opening the door to the one sinking ship, and also even throwing them that rope on the rowboat that you know, because like we were talking about, Farrier's fuel gauge was broken on the plane, so he's sitting there and he's like, "I got enough where I got to go back to England now." Because I only have enough fuel to get me back. If mm-hmm. I stay any longer, I'm fucked. But he sees a bomber coming back for one of the ships that's coming to pick up the men. So he's right. just like Tom Hardy being badass and being like, I'm not going home, but I'm making sure these guys are. Mm-hmm. Showing his patriotism. He turns around to stop another bomber. Key Hogan's injury is getting worse because he's like saying, I can't see. You know, it's like so, blood clot, mm-hmm. I would assume. Or some sort of hemorrhage. No, he, I think he hit his head too hard and your um like brain your swells. sight mm. your sight is in the back of your head but he die. i mean he dies from it so oh yeah like a I brain think swell he, probably but i think initially the blindness was because yeah. he hit the back of his head so hard it's and, like a pool raft it got a hole in. and he had a brain bleed so he lost his sight so like and now the timelines are starting to converge and come together because like the first dogfight that we saw well no the second dogfight where there's still only two planes uh tom hardy's wingman went down we're now seeing that happen from Rylance on the boat, on the sea's perspective. They're sitting there and they're like, oh, look, it's a Spitfire. It's two Spitfires. They're going to stop the bomber. And then the one Spitfire goes down. The son's like, I didn't see a shoot, Dad. He's probably dead. 
But the dad's like, we could save him. He's probably not dead. What if he's not dead? We got to do something. And they go over there. We get another crazy. Almost drowning. Scene. Almost drowning. And we think, I think that this is it. Like. Oh, yeah. You think you're that. You're like, how can these guys survive yet another situation? But in the sequence where the Spitfire ditches into the English Channel, there was an IMAX camera strapped into the cockpit to film in my note. I have the name of that character. His name was Collins. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Trying to get out. However, during filming, the, pa- the plane with the camera was still inside and it sank quicker than predicted. So there's a huge IMAX camera in this cockpit that is now covered in like deeply submerged in water. At the bottom of the English Channel? Well, no, not... I mean, it took so long to retrieve the plane that the camera filled with water, potentially ruining the camera and the film inside. The cinematographer used an old movie technique of keeping the film wet when they were transporting it back from England to Los Angeles. Jeez. Interesting. Getting it processed before it dried out. Huh. And this was all in, like, where it was like, oh, shit, this plane is sinking faster than expected. That was the scene used in the movie. It's not like they reshot it or anything like that. Was this shot in the English Channel? Yes. It was? It was. And it was also shot on Dunkirk. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, it was filmed on location. So finally, we get a reprieve from the intensity and the feelings of hopelessness as Kenneth Branagh is standing on the pier and he, and he's like he's got this look on his face and we're like oh fuck it's like the entire Nazi army is just right there and they have a nuke too that they're just gonna wipe them all out right? yeah this is the look on his face but then he's like he closes his eyes like he's ready for it to happen and then he looks again and what is it it's the civilian ships it's little sh- boats they showed up and he was <laughs> even uh, fuck even he, even talking about it I'm getting misty uh, eyes I'm choking up a little bit about it because it was just. It was a very lovely scene. Nice. It was cute. He sees it. Not cute. It was beautiful. He sees. He sees it, and the other guy's like, "What is it?" He's like, "Home." Home. Tommy, Alex, you know, Whitehead and Harry and crew end up on Rylance's boat. Unfortunately, the unnamed French soldier who saved their lives twice drowned in the little Dutch boat as it was sinking. (sighs) He was this goddamn spy. God, he was a goddamn frog spy. Fucking. What is that movie? That's the second robot jocks. That's the second time in our recording session that we've mentioned that shit. Keep coming. A lot of a lot of crashing and burning in this. All now, all three of the timelines converge and they come to a head as Farrier downs the last bomber that blew up the one sinking ship that they were all trying to get onto, and then they all end up on Rylance's ship. Like, all of them. I mean, uh, Harry Styles, Tommy. Covered in oil. Shivering soldier. Uh, Shivering soldier. (laughs) And unfortunately, at this point, um, Barry Kehogan's character has passed away. He died. And Harry Styles was the one that says, he's dead, mate. Well, be... He's I like, know. well, he, then, says, well be, he says, be careful of him. And then he goes, well, he's he can't move him. He's like, well, then be careful of him. He's like, yeah, so be careful of him. And then even Shivering Soldier's like, the whole time since that happened, he's like, is the boy all right? There's no point in telling him that he killed that kid. Like, yeah. he's already yeah. PTSD'd out the fuck. Like, he doesn't need to also deal with the fact that he um, accidentally killed a child. Now, Farrier again, he's totally out of fuel. He's now just gliding. Over the coat, over the beach, Again. like just flying around. Just you see, like all the troops, the troops used this to look up act- and see that plane and smile, but now they see him fly back over with no fuel, and that they're all quiet. And he's pumping. I actually, I actually the found wheels. it. Cal- I found it calming. Him but, pumping the wheels. No, the, just the gliding. No, the gliding. The okay. silence of it. Just the gliding. So I don't stressful. know why. I just felt. Peaceful. So I guess I don't know what it was because well, he saved he saved everybody. And those yeah, those scenes, he, those it was wheels. quiet. Everything was turned really dead. Yes, but, oh. it's the quietness. The yeah. quiet. There's no more of that because like the last like half hour, it's a lot of like it's the same noise. It's like the ding ding ding, and it's just it's constant. Mm-hmm. And it's like shut up. I can't hear this noise anymore. And then when he's just gliding, it's just quiet. still. It's still. 
Christopher Nolan movies have a lot of noise in them, and sometimes it can be incredibly overwhelming. And Inception. Oh God! Like like Oppenheimer. Um, I mean, it's just so like, much. Sometimes we were talking about we were talking about this last night. How when I first saw this movie, I saw it with Kyle. Kyle, we, my brother. Yeah, I saw it with Ali's brother Kyle in an IMAX theater. It was in the Downingtown Theater. While it's a great theater, love it. It's not as it doesn't get as crowded as like say uh, KOP or one of the other like yeah. IMAX theaters. Yeah. So it was literally just like me and Kyle and maybe four or five other people in the theater, and hearing that all that movie yeah. in an IMAX, we were deaf when we walked out. <laughs> I am when I walk out of of a Christopher Nolan movie. Like when we saw Oppenheimer, I I usually plug my ears most of the movie. Because it's just because it's not just the loudness; it's the bass. Everything mm-hmm. is very like it's reverb. It's a lot of like yeah. Boom. That's Hans Zimmer yeah, for when, you. When when you came home from Oppenheimer, you were visibly overwhelmed. I was by the movie emotionally and sensory overload yeah. from that movie. It was so it was a rough day for me that day. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised at how impacted you were by just mm-hmm. the sound. Yeah. When Ferrier was landing his plane on the beach, gliding it down, that actually was done by the owner of the plane. I, I guarantee you it's Richard Branson. <laughs> uh, he wanted to land his World War II the plane, plane on uh, a beach piloted, in France. It was piloted by American billionaire Dan Friedkin. I don't know who that is. But, Dan Friedkin. But and he, his dick grew three sizes that day. He loaned the planes for them from his... He he loaned the planes to Kenneth Branagh, I mean to Christopher Nolan from his personal collection for this movie. According to Kenneth Branagh, they had roughly 30 Dunkirk survivors who were in their mid-90s to attend the premiere in London. I love those When stories. asked about the movie, they felt that it, actu- it accurately captured the event, but the soundtrack was louder than the actual bombardment. <laughs> they were like, it was not this loud. A comment that really made Nolan laugh. We end the film with the troops back on the shores of England and saying how Branna or Branna saying how they were able to get three over three hundred thousand off the beach. They got like three hundred and thirty eight thousand. That's crazy. That's and, amazing. And he was saying he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm staying here and helping our friends the French get out of here too. You go down with he the was ship. Always, he was always planning to do that. But you go down with the ship. That's what the captain does. Well they're allies. Mm-hmm. So Does he end up getting the right out? thing to do? Did he get out? I don't was know. he not a real person? What I, was the fate? Didn't say. And then Tommy actually gets the last words of the film. He reads Churchill's speech to the house. You know, the we shall fight, fight them. them. On the beaches. You know, literally the Iron Maiden uses that to open their concerts. I also liked the part because it's the part that made me cry. It's, it's a very emotional movie, but when um, Mark Rylance's son takes the the story uh, to the oh, newspaper yeah, that, and I print that Barry Key Hogan died like a like a hero because he talks before he gets on the boat about how his dad never thinks that he's like a good enough person. Yeah. And then it says how he died a hero and I was like As he was dying he said, you know, I This is the I, best thing I've ever done. You yeah. know, it just My dad's gonna see me in the paper. And he could have and he put him in the paper like that. And, that just and then um he's the best best friend. He's so sweet. Yeah. Another, I mean, I, I know, like I said, I usually do my facts throughout the movie, but a final fun fact, Christopher Nolan, along with his wife, the producer Emma Tom- Thomas, and a friend, they made the crossing from English England to Dunkirk, like on a civilian vessel. He said it took 19 hours because of sea conditions. What? It took 19 hours. You take the channel. I mean, just take the train. He took, well, because he went from to, and from, you know, he did a round trip. So yeah, it was 19 hours total. Do you think it would have been faster in a larger vessel? Probably. That is insanity. Well, I mean, one that has a bigger engine. Is I mean, more it's, ch- it's just yeah. choppy. The channel's just yeah. choppy. But another fun fact, in the scene of, like, the civilian ships coming over the uh, that makes you all like, uh, 12 of them were original ships from the Dunkirk. That's Nevada. awesome. That's amazing. That so were cool. still there for it. That's so cool. So, yeah, I know this is a very serious movie. Compared to what the other stuff we've done, but yeah, that was my movie. No um, incest, but whatever. It was it was really really good. So going around the room, uh, pass fail. Um, we'll start with Guido. It's a grown up again. Like I watch a lot of war movies with my with my dad, and this the story of Dun. I've never saw a movie about the battle or or evacuation of Dunkirk, and 
but it was a story that my dad told me and it was one I never forgot. And it was no one's perfect. <laughs> and some of the best armies in history uh, make mistakes. And this is one of their blunders. Yeah. And, you know, a call went out and everybody's mom yeah. and dad got just, in their their little... pleasure crafts to go get their boys back. I, I'm, I'm really sad because I feel like, honestly, in this day and age, I don't think, I mean, I would, I think I could do it, but I don't think it's a whole, our society now could do something like this if they needed to. I mean, they did it for 9-11. That is, you know, yeah, yeah you're right. I'm sorry. But it's just like, just how it was just, yep, fuck it. Roll up our sleeves. Let's go get our boys. It was so different in World War Two. Like, mm-hmm. it was so, it was such a different, like, like we, my grandfather, my, my, my mom's dad lied about his age and signed up for the army at 16. You were proud to do the, to fight this war. But, it's so different now. You know, oh, I lost my train of thought. So, yeah, my buttholes. dad. Buttholes. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me tell you about buttholes. Well, my oh, dad oh. would love. Where'd all that sand go? Oh. <laughs> Tom, Tom would love to talk and to Guido about, about buttholes. Hold on. Hold on. Fistulas. Hold on. No. <laughs> so at the end of the movie. Harry Styles, he he doesn't even want to look out the window because he's he's embarrassed. He thinks they he failed. doesn't think yeah. he's going to be received well. You know, he thinks he's a failure. But you know, he's greeted with a two open cold beers. They're proud that he and they left and survived. That's oh, yeah. the key thing that they survived. Like that, like the 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 one guy. He was like, "We didn't do nothing. We just survived." And the guy was like, "That's, That's all you can do." And That's enough. Well, and and that guy was actually blind. Exactly. And Harry That's Styles like Harry Styles like that guy didn't even look us in the eye. He did the face waterfall on the other guy. Yeah. Did you pass it? <laughs> oh, I I I'm sorry. I no, pa- no, I passed you don't the movie. Sorry, we keep interrupting you. I passed the movie. Okay, for sure. All right. Allie? Um, I definitely pass it. I think it's a beautiful movie. It's so beautifully made, and I like everyone in it. And Even when though I th- it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. that's I, I understand that. I, I do. I mean, that this movie probably won't. Uh, other Christopher Nolan movies, you know, he, he can do better in, uh, in his other movies. This is um, a war movie. This is a war movie. Not a lot of ladies in the World War II theater, just that's, saying. Uh, that's true. I love... Anything to do with, especially like showing like my grandfather was a World War II uh, fighter pilot. He wasn't British, but he was in the Air Force. And then my other grandfather was in the Navy. So I always like kind of seeing that stuff. And then I knew about Dunkirk, but I always also have like just horrible, sad feelings about it from the movie Atonement. Because in Atonement. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It ends in Dunkirk. And um, what's his name? You think? Oh, uh, spoiler so alert! Sad. What's you his name? You think it ends happily, but in reality, he died from septicemia on the beaches of Dunkirk, waiting to be evacuated. And then Keira Knightley's character drowns when the subway tunnel she's from the Blitz overflows, and she drowns in the subway tunnel. Again, spoiler London. alert! Yeah, spoiler for alert! Ten-year-old so, movie, and that movie is just so sad. And I, even though this movie is sad, the endings are is just at least uplifting yeah even though that we still had or they still had five more years of the war left there's to hope. go there's hope. there's hope and like I mean, that fuck. scene with the boats coming <laughs> you guys saw it i raised i, I raised the glass <laughs> yeah when when the when the churchill speech was yeah read. and it's just like it's hard even though we're not british to be to not be like when those boats come just like yeah. felt that god save the queen or the king at that point it was the king at that point yeah, but um um, so I definitely pass it because I think it's it's uh, it's very beautiful. I, again, the noise, the sound is a lot for me, but pass. Tammy, it was. I think Christopher Nolan did an amazing job of capturing the intensity of the feelings of the entire event, and I I will pass it. It definitely kept my attention. Uh, I would watch it again, actually. Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Um. So really heady, depressing movie. No, it's good. Though. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's good. serious war movie. Um, it worked out for us in the end. We're gonna we're gonna cut over to Tammy. Continue our our Taylor Swift X's month. Uh, so Tammy, quid pro quo. Why? Thank you. So my movie uh, was uh, came out in 2018. And it was directed by Jorgos Lanthimos. Lanthimos. Very good. Starring Olivia Coleman. Love Olivia Coleman. Emma Coleman. Stone. Is she the ex? 
Did Taylor have a sw- have a dalliance with Academy Award winning actress Olivia Coleman? Scissory Timbers. No, but she's very good friends with Emma Stone. Mrs. 007 herself, Rachel Weisz. Uh, Wait, uh, did she have something with her? No. Nicholas Holt and featuring, really, Joe Alwyn, who was Taylor Swift's ex. He has a, a he has like a part. This was pro- probably his her most substantial dating relationship. They were together for like five or six years. Yeah, this is and this pre is Travis Kelsey, very 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 recent. Yeah, very recent. Is this the Twilight movie? No, no, hell no. So this movie is called The Favorite. And where can we watch The Favorite? Yeah. So it was uh, such a good movie. Seven point five out of ten stars on IMDb and a Metascore of ninety one. That you have to rent or buy it on Prime. It's highbrow. It's a period drama and a dark comedy. All right. Yeah. So well, that's, that's what we're gonna do next week. The Favorite with F A V O U. Oh, the favorite. The favorite. Color. With her most recent ex boyfriend Joe Allen. We are at Quad Pro Quo Pod across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now Letterboxd. Look for our reviews. And we are part of the Deluxe Edition Network. You can learn more about us and the other podcasts on the network at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Feature podcasts for the month of February are Films and Fermentation and Friends Talking Nerdy. Also want to give a shout out to Dissect That Film. Again, thank you for having me on to talk about Return to Oz. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, it was Your feelings re- yeah, about it. It was just so great having to hear about how she felt vindicated about that movie. It was a closet vindic- full of heads, so, for fuck's sake. I didn't say vindicated. I said seen. I said I felt seen. So, Sailors were me. bullshit. They didn't judge me on the fact that I thought the heads were cool and well, that you got a new look every day. Maybe you should join their podcast. Ooh. Well... They're nicer to me than you guys are. That's not true. I bet they would deal with the cum-sucking noises very well. A uroanal fistula is when your stool and your ureters are connected by one canal, so you're peeing out poop. <laughs> Thank you. Weird. Thanks, I think, they, I think they talked about that in that South Park episode with the poop that took a pee. Well... You can suggest a, a theme month, <laughs> hopefully not a medical theme month. Um, Patch but, Adams. Ah. Oh, I love Patch oh, Adams. God, fistula. So terrible. <gasps> oh, um, Robin Williams. You can send us a, a message on social media or on our website, and please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next week, I can't think of a Taylor Swift song to sing right now. You guys are gross. Uh, you never go out of style. I already did that one. I don't care. It doesn't go out hey, of style. Hey, all I know is if you do leave us for Dissect That Film, just remember we are never, ever, <gasps> ever getting, getting back, back together. together. We Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Go Bye. Bills. <laughs>